May our souls be lifted in praise and adoration as we come before our Creator in unity and reverence. Let us join together in celebration of God's eternal glory and grace. And this is In The Moment. I'm your host, Reverend Ricky Allen Jr. Thanking you, as always, for being a part of a podcast that started so many years ago. Well, roughly about two or three, give or take, as a matter of fact. Uh, But we're at episode 100, and I want to personally thank you for your support and your prayers and just listening Uh, at a time when the world had stopped, at a time when the pandemic had overtaken all of us. You tuned in because you had a desire to seek the gospel, even when the governments all said you couldn't go to church, the building. Uh, The church, the people responded. And for those who don't go to church, you were still looking, still trying to figure out your relationship with Jesus Christ. And you found in the moment. And uh, whatever your travel was, you you stuck around. And now we are streaming in various countries around the world. We are on numerous podcast platforms. We are on Roku. Uh, We are, we're seen everywhere. And it's because of you. I thank God that he puts you in my pathway. Because this is not flashy. This is not pretty. Uh, There isn't a lot of running around. There isn't a lot of emotional support words used here. Uh, We just share the gospel. That's all we do. I don't yell it. I don't scream it. I might get a little passionate every now and then, but that's just the, the spirit taking over because I know this hope that I have and I want to share it with you. And I hope that you have received it well. And if you haven't, I hope that you're able to uh, reach out to me and say, hey, uh, could you explain that a little further? Could you tell me more about that? We live in a world where people have lost a lot of hope. And I'm hoping that this show provides something for you that helps you restore it, enhance it, grow it, and better yet, share it. So from myself, my wife, my family as a whole. Thank you for supporting in the moment, Uh, especially during a time when people thought I was only doing this because uh, I I couldn't find anything else to do because of the pandemic. Well, there is more than enough to do. The gospel must always be preached and teached. Uh, And even after the pandemic, people thought, well, he'll probably shut that down and get back to church business. Well, I have got back to church business, but I haven't shut it down. Why? Because someone's listening. And where people are listening, there's an ear to hear And we're going to keep sharing the gospel for as long as God wants us to. And with that being said, let's get started. Our morning scripture comes from Revelation 4.11. Revelation 4.11 reads, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. We know that. And yes, there are times where we don't feel it, like many of you out there, they need prayer. And so we're here to pray for you. If you need prayer, definitely submit uh, your prayer requests and your praise reports. We want to hear about the great things that God is doing for you as well. And we want to pray for all those in Maine. We want to pray for those in Israel. We want to pray for those, everybody who is dealing with some kind of contingency out here in the world, just to make sure we don't forget anybody. Let's pray for everybody who's been dealing with violence, who's been dealing with war. Let's just pray and then make a way in our own communities to provide that hope that I keep talking about, and that hope is in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. 
Gracious and almighty God, we gather this morning humbled by the majesty of you and the greatness of your love. We acknowledge your worthiness to receive all glory, honor, and power. For it is you who spoke the universe into existence, and by your will all things find their purpose. So as we enter into this time, may our hearts be attuned to your presence, and our spirits be lifted in adoration. Grant us the wisdom to recognize the beauty in your creation, and the strength to live according to your divine purpose. We seek your guidance, O Lord, as we journey through the various pages of your word and reflect on your eternal sovereignty. May your word inspire us, renew our faith, and remind us of your unchanging love in the face of life's uncertainties. We offer up this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who will hold the hands and grab everybody together in Maine, who will hold them close. Will hold those in Israel close. The victims of war all over the world. He will hold them close. And he will grant them peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Many of you are in that time of season in your life where you're waiting for the harvest of everything that you have sown throughout the year, maybe your life, and now you're at that point where you're going to reap everything you've sown. My question for you today is, have you sown the right things? Have you sown godly things? Have you sown things that are going to give God the glory and uplift his kingdom? Or have you sown things that are gonna come back to bite you? Let's just be real. Or have you sown things that are not good and you have forgotten you've planted those things, and now that you go back to reap what you've sown because you've forgotten, you realize that the things you're pulling from the grounds of life are not what you thought they were gonna be because you've sown poor things. We're in Galatians 6, verse seven, and there's something here I wanna read that is a reminder to all the harvesters out there. Uh, this topic is a warning to the harvester. All right, this, this is what we're talking about today. It's a warning to the harvester. Those who are out there like me, like you, we're all waiting to receive the harvest. We're, we're waiting to go out there and reap what we've sown. But there is a warning. There is a warning that Paul gives to the Galatians. What is it? Let's read it. Starting at verse seven. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he shall also reap let us pray now lord we actually to bless the reading of your already blessed word and help us understand these words here and take them serious because we live in a world that forgets this and then they go looking for blessings and there are none because they didn't sow any seeds for them. So we ask you, Lord, to keep this as a constant reminder in the back of our minds that what we sow, we shall also reap. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. This warning 
for harvesters here. And I say that because it is coming to the end of October. Uh, this is the fall season, you know, fall harvest going on. Uh, probably this week you will be involved in the great International Day of Candy. Uh, now, if you haven't heard of this day, here's what it is. You you got the kids and they're going to dress up as their favorite cartoon character, their favorite superhero, and they're going to come to your door and they're going to ask for candy. Now, I love candy. So this is one of my favorite days of the year. And I go buy a lot of candy and I give it out to them. But nonetheless, that's not what the message is about. We're talking about the harvest. We're talking about the season of harvest you may be in or may waiting may be waiting to be in with the Lord. So for those who are preparing for their harvest, God has already let you know through various things he's manifested in your life that you are in a season of harvest. Go reap what you've sown. It is your time to shine and a blah, blah, blah. Guess what? There is a warning. What's the warning? Well, we just read it. The first thing you need to understand that there is a caution against deception. What does the first part of verse 7 say? Be not deceived. Right now, we're being told, don't be deceived. This is like a spiritual alarm bell ringing. It's clear, straightforward warning. It's telling you already, watch out. It's as if the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, don't kid yourself. You see, there's a tendency in all of us to think that we can do as we please without facing any consequences. But this verse is reminding us not to fall into that trap. Be wise. There is wisdom here. What does that wisdom comprise of? Here are a few things that the Lord brought to my attention. Maybe it'll help you. This wisdom is comprised of spiritual integrity and honesty. Proverbs 11.3 says, The integrity of the, out, of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Wisdom helps us maintain our spiritual integrity and honesty. Deception can lead to unfaithfulness and moral perverseness, which can ultimately have destructive consequences. If we maintain our integrity and our honesty. From that we get some wisdom. And that way we're not deceived. But not only that, there is protection from harm. Proverbs 14:8, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Wisdom enables us to understand our actions and choices more clearly. Deception often leads to foolish decisions resulting in harm or adverse outcomes. And then when we have our integrity and honesty in place, thanks to this little thing called wisdom, when we are not trying to be deceived, when we have that in place, we have that protection from harm, then we are able to do a little thing called maintain healthy relationships. Because a lot of us out here really need to work on this portion right here so that we are not deceived. Ephesians 4.25 says, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Wisdom promotes truthful and transparent communication. 
which is vital for the nurturing of healthy relationships. Deception can destroy trust and hinder the unity of love within a community or a family. That's why he begins, be not deceived. Being wise and avoiding deception aligns with the biblical principles and is essential for upholding spiritual integrity. Protecting ourselves from harm and fostering healthy and trustworthy relationships with others is what we're emphasizing here. So when you when when Paul says be not deceived, he's saying do everything you need to be doing right now to maintain that upright biblical behavior, the upright holy response to what Christ has done for you. Next, there's this observation here. Do not take God lightly. Do not take God lightly. Why? Because the scripture clearly tells us God is not mocked. This means that God's character and everything that he is is rock solid. No one can make mockery of them, no matter how hard they try. It's a reminder that God's standards of right and wrong remain constant regardless of human behavior. Do you realize that Christianity is the most mocked faith throughout the world? Why is that? Because those that mock it know they look up to the cross and they do not like it. So the first thing most cults do is discredit the truth and especially the truth bringer, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he's in all the entertainment and they use everything they can to discredit the scriptures and they do everything they can to bend it to make sure it can fit into popular culture. They don't mind Christianity, they don't want Christ. And so what happens is you get this small but subtle beginning of a separation between the gospel of Christ and Christianity, which is our response to what Christ has done, but because they don't want Christ, but they don't mind the functions of Christianity, coming together, um, encouraging one another, uh, doing good things in the community, maintaining healthy relationships, and uh, you know, the focus on the family, they take that and separate it from the cross. When it's all about the cross, it's all about what Jesus Christ did for us. But the world doesn't see it that way. In fact, the world doesn't even look at the cross. If they did, then why are we looking at the news and seeing all the things that are going on right now? It's quite obvious they don't. God is not mocked. The reason to why the world mocks Jesus, lies about the Bible, the church, tries to make their own churches, is because they can't help but look up to Jesus Christ. Because the world's idols are dead idols. No soul, can't move mountains, can't heal the sick, can't feed the hungry, can't deal with hopelessness, is not active, cannot save your soul, and has no victory over sin. One must also remember this is the current state. The scriptures say God is not mocked. That means it doesn't matter what you think about it, how you feel about it, God is not 
mocked. And then we finally have the sowing and the reaping explained. Think of your actions as seeds that you plant in the soil of life. Just as seeds grow into crops, our actions produce results. In simpler terms, the kind of seeds you sow with your choices determines the kind of harvest you will reap. That's what I just said at the beginning of the show. Many of you have forgotten what you've sown. So now you, you, you're looking for something great from everything you planted during the year when you look back. And then when you start reaping, it's all the things you've said. It's all the things you've done. It's everything that you've forgotten you've done that hasn't been good. And now you're mad at God. You're mad at God. Why, God? No, why you? Why, why, did, you, why did you sow it? Why did you say it? Why did you do it? Expecting to get a positive return on a negative plant doesn't make sense. And you know this. But you're looking for a little mercy. Well, there is mercy. And there's Jesus Christ. But, because there is a but. Because I'm real with you. It's not just about you getting something. It's about what you're going to do. It's time to repent. Plain, plain and simple. We don't talk about repentance a lot in the uh, Christian circles of the world. You don't hear a lot about it. Everybody's praying for revival. Oh, we're, we're just praying for revival in this country. I'm praying for repentance. I'm, I'm starting there. Jesus started there. When he met with Matthew and his friends, and, they were, and everybody was talking about him sitting with the sinners and everything, he let them know very quickly, he, this is a call to repentance. He's here to call sinners to repent. Wasn't a revival going on. This is a call to repentance. I'm with Jesus. It's time to call folks to repentance. But this is a principle, though, that reminds us that through a direct connection between our actions and the outcomes we experience, we're going to either be mad at God or we're going to change for God. We're going to change for the betterment of the kingdom. If you are a Christian and you are doing these things and you've sown some bad seeds throughout the year, well, it's time to change. It's time to transform yourself. It's time to get back to what God told you to do in the first place and stop sowing bad seed. Seed that you knew wasn't going to grow effectively anyway, but you did it because you was in that attitude and you had that issue going on. Let's get back right and sow good seed. All right? This is why harvesting is... There's a warning here because you forget what you've done throughout the year. No one remembers every day of the week. No one. You're going to say things, you're going to do things, and you don't even realize it, but you're dropping seeds. Don't, you don't even realize it until it's time to look back around this time, the beginning of November, end of October time frame, and you realize that, yeah, you've done some bad things. That's why we have a savior, people. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Because he knew, like I know, like you know, you're not perfect. You are going to fail. <laughs> can, can we be clear with that? You are going to fail. But when we fall, we don't stay. Christ gets us up. He does us off. 
He says, you're forgiven. I've already taken care of it. But you don't stay there, people. You don't stay there. You do different. You do better. You can't escape the consequences of your choices. The harvest of your actions, whether good or bad, is something you'll have to face personally. It's a call to realize the significant role we play in shaping our own lives through the decisions we make because God gave us free will. It's about taking ownership of our actions and recognizing the power we have in influencing our own destiny. God waits at the gate. He is waiting for you to make the right choices. He is waiting for you to turn to him. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And yet you're still wandering around this world wondering about who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. And I don't know which way to go next. You have all this self-doubt. You have all this worry, this anxiety. Folks, if you had Christ, let's start there, you would have all this. But you're out there and you're making decisions and you're dropping seeds and you don't know if anything's gonna grow. You don't know if it's good seed or bad seed because you're not in line with the Lord. I call for you right now to step up and do something to fix that. Here are some lasting thoughts as we wrap up October in this season of fall harvest because we're going into the uh, Thanksgiving slash Christmas holiday season. So here's some things to think about if you're out there in your season of harvest and you are preparing to get all the good stuff. Here's a thought. And this is also for others that are marked by a sense of waiting and anticipation. Maybe you're in that group. That's okay too. This is a crucial view to consider through the lens of timeless biblical wisdom. First and foremost, we must remember, do not be deceived. Our earthly harvest are not merely the result of our own toil and sweat. God did this for you. God gave this to you. You manage it effectively. This is a manifestation of God's providence and grace. It's God who ultimately grants the increase. As the Apostle Paul wisely noted in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. During seasons of abundance, this is the harvest we're talking about here. Let us guard our hearts against pride and self-sufficiency. As Paul asked, what do you have that you did not receive, 1 Corinthians 4, 7. Our harvests are gifts from God. We are entrusted to steward them wisely. Everything you have, from your husbands to your wives to those brilliant children, came from God. Give God the glory for great things he has done. For those in seasons of waiting, Maybe you're waiting on your harvest. It hasn't come yet, and you're frustrated, and you're all worked up. You're watching your neighbors win. You're watching your coworkers win. You're watching your friends win. You're watching your Facebook friends win or portray that they're winning. 
Remember the wisdom of Ecclesiastes. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Ecclesiastes 3.1. Your time of harvest will come in your patience. Hold on to your faith and trust that God's timing is always perfect. In every season, let us be diligent in seeking God's will, living lives of righteousness, and demonstrating love and compassion to those around us. If you're not in your season of winning, if you're not in your season of harvest, if you're not in your season of change, if you are not there, then cheer for the person that's there. Give them the encouragement they need. Make them feel like they are right in their timing and they're not wrong for celebrating the gifts that God has given them. Sometimes we got a lot of people out there that see God blessing and will make that person feel like they shouldn't be celebrating that blessing. Oh, well, you just be humble now. You just be humble. In other words, be quiet. I'm not trying to hear about it. I'm really not there with you. But nonetheless, though, here's the best piece of advice I can give you. Stop it. That's wrong. How Christian is that? You know this person. You know what they've been through. You've seen their grind. And now that they're winning, now that they're on top, now that God has put them into a new season, the season of harvest, that's the best you got to say. But yeah, you, 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 you claim you know this person. It could be a family member. They didn't watch you grow up. They didn't watch you grind. They didn't watch you go through it. And the moment, you're, the moment God gives you something that you can talk about and celebrate and show what God has done for you, that's the first thing they say, isn't it? Well, you, you don't, don't be, or you, you just be humble now. You, you don't forget where you came from now. You just be, come on, man. Come on, y'all. Come on. God do better than that. Don't be mad when people winning. Celebrate it. Because the God in you should be celebrating the blessings of God to them. Isn't that how that's supposed to be? Isn't that basic Christian functionality? I mean, really? If this is the best you got, then you don't know that person at all. And that's a shame. That's a real shame. Let us be diligent in seeking God's will, living lives of righteousness, demonstrating love and compassion to those around us. The Apostle Paul encourages us not to grow weary in doing good, assuring us that in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Galatians 6, 9, just a few verses down the road from verse 7 where we're at today. And let us not forget our ultimate harvest is not of this world, but in the heavenly kingdom. While we strive for earthly abundance. Yeah, we're going to do that. Why? Because we live here. God expects it. And the thing is, though, he wants us to get it through him and not through the world. Satan will have you everywhere you don't want to be, and you'll wake up wondering how you got there in the first place. Work through God. We do strive for earthly abundance. We may always keep in that path as long as it's God's path. But keep your eyes on the eternal harvest. Promise to show those who remain faithful to Christ, their true purpose on this earth. In closing, whether you find yourself in a season of plenty or are eagerly awaiting your harvest, hold fast to the 
truths of trusting God's providence, humility, and unwavering faithfulness. This is a warning that is, while pleasant, but also hard at the same time. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Why? Because what you sow, you shall also reap. And as you are sowing, keep that in the back of your mind. Every day is an opportunity to plant something different. Every day you get up, it's an opportunity that God has given you to keep working the fields of life. And I really hope you see it that way. Don't give up. Maybe you messed up yesterday and you woke up again today. Someone didn't. You wake up to the news of someone dying every day of the week and yet you woke up. Be encouraged by that one fact. If you're listening to me today, that means there's still time for you to sow some seeds to where when your time comes, when your moment comes, when you are in the moment with Jesus Christ, and he says, your time is now, this is your due season, let's go reap what you've sown. I want you to sow and plant and then reap the things that are of God, that are a benefit to the kingdom, and that I'm going to bless you as well. Now, maybe you're out there and you maybe you don't know where to start with this. Well, I want you, of course, as always, to contact us via the information provided earlier in the show. We would love to hear from you and truly help you in that journey. And if you are out there and you have a season of harvest and you want to share some good news, we love that too. Email us. Let us know what's going on in your life and what God has done for you, okay? I would love to hear about that. We will tell everybody on our show what God has done for you. So until next time on this fantastic episode 100, thank you for your support. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your prayers. And we're going to keep going till the wheels fall off. <laughs> God willing, I'll see you next week. You take care. <laughs>